Hi, welcome to the Weird Internet Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Jarrell, and co-hosted by Chris and Alejandro. Hello, hello. This is Andrew, by the way. Chris is currently in Hawaii, so he's going to be a little late because he is on Hawaiian time. And no, we don't mean because of daylight savings. We mean because Hawaiians generally like to take things slow. So <laughs> he'll be here later in this episode, along with our guest for this episode. So stay tuned for that. So on today's episode, we're going to be covering VC tech twitter now what is vc and tech twitter well we actually are not sure either but from what we've gathered from numerous hours of research is that vc and kind of the tech which stands for technology or the tech industry twitter kind of go hand in hand vc stands for venture capital which is this subculture that exists in Silicon Valley, as well as has bled throughout the rest of the world that allows people to put money into venture, hence venture capital. You're putting capital into ventures. We found this community through mutual friends, mainly because my brother introduced it to me and just a lot of memes have been generated from this. But Hondro, could you give me a little bit of a lowdown as to what is VC Twitter? What is this tech culture t- that, that has evolved and emerged within Twitter? If I could boil it down to something more relatable, I think all of us have experienced that one friend that's always, they're posting like their, their 3.30 a.m. rise and grind pictures. And VC and tech Twitter, a lot of it is just that same type of signaling except blown up and exaggerated in such a way that is just kind of ridiculous. Like it just goes to the point of almost like they're parodying themselves. Could you give me an example, Hondro, of such a occurrence? I was hoping you'd ask, Jero. <laughs> there is, this is one of the, this is probably my favorite VC Twitter post that I've seen. So this one person posts a tweet, says, I know everyone is obsessing over politics, but I received a text from my brother that his wife's father was killed in a head-on collision. Just another reminder that tomorrow is promised to no one and to make the best of each day. Super tragic accident, very inspirational message. And... Venture capitalist Sarah Cohn, that's at Sarah, all underscore, S-A-R-A-H underscore Cohn, C-O-N-E, replies, I'm so sorry for your loss and know that my VC fund has invested in technology that can stop 86% of the deaths and serious injuries from car accidents. She's talking about self-driving cars, by the way. We don't need to have this happen in the future. That's what I'm talking about. This, that, this level of like you're so far up your ass that it's almost like how can you not find it ridiculous? That's amazing. I didn't even know those tweets existed. <laughs> you know, Hondra, the interesting thing about this internet community, I would say, is it's kind of a 
echo, I think, of what we've been seeing happening on LinkedIn. Like you and I have had long <laughs> conversations about LinkedIn, how it's kind of like that mix of a humble brag and showcasing of your accomplishments. But it's not necessarily like narcissistic. You know what I mean? It's very much like a socially acceptable way of bragging. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's narcissism masquerading as like inspirational. Like I have, I, I'm not, I have grit. And it kind of like you can, and if you say that, and it's like, look at how many failures I've made and look how my failures have led to all my success that I've had. And it's like, oh, okay, okay. So it's like, if you list off all your failures, then it's also okay to like, brag about your successes because that's i guess you can show that you're humanizing yourself and so it's okay to signal that you know you're, you're very great because you came from this this very troubled background and of of middle class northern california very good school system <laughs> no but it's like you're, you're very troubled and you had a lot of hardship and you had to go to you had to go to school for four years and learn computer science and then pass a tech interview and that shows that you have grit. And let me tell you, I've firsthand, I went, that was me. I described myself. <laughs> and I know that many of my peers have gone through very similar things as far as like the path that they've taken because I've seen them. I've worked closely with them throughout all my classes. And then I see the result and it's like, man, I think, are you just deluding yourself? Are you trying to delude everyone else? when you're talking about all this stuff or is it just like are you really trying to be inspirational sometimes it's hard to tell like what people's intentions are and as you can tell just from the way i'm talking about it Drew, like i'm very cynical about all this linkedin like social media professionalism and all that shit because i, I do think it's just as toxic as your instagram and your facebook and your twitter and all that stuff it's just another form of social media and it's honestly i'm not a huge fan of it but I think it's interesting to see the extremes that VCs and people entrenched in, in the tech industry approach social media, especially Twitter. Yeah, that's a great point. I think what's funny is that because this community isn't really that old, we can't really use historical precedences like we did with hashtag van life to kind of understand why <laughs> this is a thing. But what I think, this is a hypothesis of mine, all right? I think that the reason that this kind of happened on Twitter is that our generation finally started getting jobs. To me, a lot of this behavior that I'd seen is consistent with what I'd seen on Instagram, Tumblr, and even early YouTube when it was filled with us. <laughs> but now they actually have things either professionally, either experientially, things that they can brag about on these on this platform. And they kind of just found each other. That's my hypothesis. And to kind of back this hypothesis, there's a very popular Twitter account called VC Brags. <laughs> that I, I recently found. And it was created in mid-late 2019. The earliest timestamp I could find was November 2019. And it is an absolute goldmine. 
dude it's a really good time capsule i think of (laughs) what is relevant and trending in this internet community subculture that exists within twitter to give you an example of what i'm talking about one of vc twitter's like earliest posts i think was like all the way so so this is in 2019 so the context of 2019 was as you can imagine leading up to covid we were seeing all-time highs and i think it was snowflake I don't know if it was Snowflake or another company that was just getting hyped up about their valuations. I think it might have been actually Flexport, my old company. And someone was just taking credit about being, having been a part of this organization and being this insanely pivotal and vital member of the founding group or whatnot. And I think that really set the standard for not only the people in VC Twitter, but like for the content that VC brags about it itself handle kind of followed. I don't have a specific one because I can't really go that far back, but I don't want to, I don't want to go into our current events yet since we're still talking about its context, but you get the gist. <laughs> but yeah, I think because like I said, there isn't much history to explore in terms of the contextualization because there isn't too much context things about VC Twitter and tech Twitter to reflect upon or go back to just because of how recent and new this community is. And also because it's been flourishing since quarantine. I think this is about time where we should dive into what's currently happening in this internet community, what's happening in VC Twitter and tech Twitter. So what is happening, Hondro? Can you give me a quick lowdown of what does it mean to be, (laughs) what does it mean to be a member of this community and what is it like? <laughs> it's, it's hard, man. It's a hard one to answer because I feel like the only VCs, the, like my exposure to VC Twitter is through Twitter accounts that make fun of or parody VCs. And so the only VCs that I really know or I think are relevant are the ones that these accounts make fun of. And so that one account, Sarah Cole, that was like an example. That was yeah. actually one she, her post was one of four that made the there was this it was like a bracket of posts this was best of quarter four for 2020 and there was like four different posts from vcs of just like just the most like sniffing your own farts level of like tweets just like ridiculous <laughs> levels of like narcissism and so those are like the people that i would as an outsider looking in i would think are relevant because it's like okay this is who people are talking about is like people who are like super egregiously like plugging themselves and kind of like patting themselves on the back. I mean, how you, the icon, like the emoji that this account VCs congratulating themselves uses is the clapping emoji. And that's kind of so, that's so fitting because you, you think LinkedIn too. That's like such a, a big thing. It's like, oh, claps, claps, applause. It's like, oh, congr-. but it's also kind of funny because it can be used in a very genuine genuine way as much as it can be used in like a very condescending way it's like oh cla- wow good for you good for you and so i mean as far as current events i can look at some of these tweets and i can see some from like 2020 for example joshua bear 
and I'm name dropping these people because they're supposed to be prominent in the community. So this is Joshua Bayer. Lots of people wonder how I get so much done and think that I must work all the time and not have any hobbies. In parentheses, not true. My answer, I don't watch TV shows or follow sports. It's like, all right, well, that's, you know, weird flex, but okay. There's, so here's one from, okay, so this guy, Keith Raboy, at R-A-B-O-I-S. Apparently, he just talks a lot about moving to Miami, and he thinks that this is like some really important move for like financials because he thinks this is going to be like the next tech hub. And so he just gets into these arguments with like random people on Twitter. And so I see a lot of that actually. Just like VCs, like prominent VCs just like taking the time to argue with random people on Twitter, which kind of seems counterintuitive. I mean, if if you're trying to get the most out of your day, you know, trying to hustle, get that bread, make all those those valuable investments, the ROIs, you know, the uh, drill help me out with these with those acronyms. Give me some acronyms. KPIs. KPIs. ROIs. Yeah, ROIs, yeah. Oh, oh, here's a good one. POC. POC. This is, this isn't person of color. This is proof of concept. <laughs> there, thank you for the call. Oh, 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 an MVP? And no, this isn't sports because they don't watch sports, of course. Of course MVP not. is minimum viable product. Oh, there we go. Yeah, I mean, you got to start prototyping those MVPs. You can't be, I mean, how do you have time to be arguing with randos on parody accounts on Twitter? Like, I don't know. I'm just saying maybe there's maybe there's something there. Maybe there's something to the to the level of security that these people have about themselves that they have to argue with randos. And again, this is just the, I don't think this is, this might not be an accurate portrayal of VC Twitter. This is just kind of the caricature that these parody accounts paint of these people. Like it's just, it just seems so ridiculous. I don't know. What's your perspective on it, Jarrell? Yeah. The interesting thing is I have a confession to make, Hondro, is that I kind of participate a little bit in VC Twitter. Oh, <laughs> oh. No, 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 but not in the same capacity. No, 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 not in the same capacity that most of these VCs and techies are participating in. And to give some clarification on what I'm saying is that I do not have venture capital, so I don't really have the confidence to say a lot of BS very confidently as these individuals do. Okay. But, but... I follow a lot of founders is what they call themselves. And founders are (laughs) (laughs) founders for those listeners who don't know what that means. Founders are what they call themselves when they have founded a company. And they've kind of created this identity around it. Like, oh, uh, you know, I'm trying to meet other founders and... We're going to do some really cool things. And I still, to this day, I'm on VC Twitter and tech Twitter a lot. I don't really know what to say. (laughs) (laughs) It's so, it's so hard to interact with those types of posts. Like, what do you even say? I don't, I just retweet it and put on a heart and move on, which I think is a bad idea. The reason is because they get that consistent flow of validation for ideas and projects that are very bad. It's 
oh, here's a perfect analogy to what VC Twitter and tech Twitter. Mind you, these are hand in hand. I do want to emphasize that to listeners that VC and tech Twitter, they're inseparable now. I didn't know about VC Twitter until I started following other tech people. And then after I started following more VC people, I only kept seeing more tech people. So I just want to make that distinction here and now. But as I was saying, there is this level of yes man-ism. I don't know what to call that, Hondro, but they're just a bunch of yes men and hype trains. That's basically what VC slash tech Twitter is. It's just a bunch of yes, like, oh my gosh, your idea is amazing. Here, I have a crap ton of money. Let me throw your way. Or it's the opposite where, oh, that's not not a really good idea. My idea is better. (laughs) You're like, oh yeah, that's, that's super great. Yeah, I completely agree. And that's kind of what I feel like this self-fulfilling circle jerk really is. It's just that. But I don't think it's a bad thing, to be quite honest. And just from seeing the interactions, it does give a lot of people really cool opportunities. So I can see the benefits of engaging within this community. But that being said, it's still really, really freaking weird. <laughs> yeah, and I maybe we can get into like why this stuff kind of strikes us as so strange. Because I would say at its core, VC Twitter is just a lot of self-promotion. Sometimes it can be very shameless and like very <laughs> like it can lack some self-awareness but i think at the core it's like people trying to promote themselves and we see that a lot in in your linkedin feed as i kind of said before in a very i guess blunt way maybe a little too harsh in my initial description it's like you know people kind of signaling to others you know this is what i've done this is the journey that i've taken and i mean do you think that at its core vc twitter is kind of the same just exaggerated because vcs just don't give a fuck because they just have so much goddamn money that they don't need to like worry about being canceled or shunned by their social circles that's a great question i think because of that comparison between linkedin and kind of this phenomena i would actually like to say that vc slash tech twitter might just be their LinkedIn. (laughs) (laughs) Like that, it literally just might be their way of showcasing to their friends, family about what they're doing. And then the likes, the retweets and comments are just their validation for it. Kind of similar to on LinkedIn, you get endorsed, you get congratulated. But for them, like, you know, if work is your identity, which it kind of, to me, kind of looks like it. Like, I don't know, you're the Google guy, Andro. So I I don't really know if you're someone that like aligns your identity with like being in Google. But to me, I don't know if you've taken a glance at some of these Twitter handles with these people, but you'll notice there's a lot of ads. 
like former like Harvard student. It's like at Harvard, yeah. former Uber founder, founding member or something. It low key, not trying to imply anything, but kind of low key implying something kind of sounds like they're just making it into, you know, like I said, a version of a LinkedIn. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a way to establish some sort of credibility where it's like, and I think we, maybe that's just a, a flaw in the way that we value institutions just for the sake of like, just for the, by the virtue of them producing high quality minds and accomplishments and all that stuff, where it's like Harvard carries a lot more weight than Cal State Fullerton, for example. And that's just the institution. We're not, we're not even talking about like the people that are produced from that institution. So what if you say X, like at, you know, Harvard 2018 alum, and it's like, oh shit, they graduated from Harvard. I want, they must know what they're talking about. If they, you know, if they got into Harvard, that's like a super prestigious institution, you know, former, I don't know if you've seen a tech lead on Google or sorry, on YouTube. He's a, he's the master at this. Oh he, he my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Where he's like, you know, why I, how, how I made a million dollars in parentheses as an ex Google tech lead. And he just like plugs it so shamelessly. And he knows that it's just like totally shameless. And I think he does a really good job of showing like how ridiculous it is. Like the fact that you work somewhere. Okay. Maybe it shows that like, sure. You maybe were good enough to get into that institution. We don't know any context around that. And so it's like, yeah, it's weird how we place so much value around like, I used to work here. I used to work here. I work here. And it's like, okay, but like what value are you providing? And I, I think maybe that's just like not a great way to think about things. Maybe it's important to understand like the, like looking at the ideas that people have rather than like the, their credentials. It's like how much merit does someone's idea have rather than like, what do they do for a living? It's like, it doesn't seem like those two correlate as closely as like people think like the value of someone's ideas to the institution that they've like learned at or worked at or whatever yeah i mean to your point they kind of forcefully combine both like at the end of the day these are quote-unquote founders these are true venture capitalists angel investors and just techies in general and they have a bunch of quote-unquote good ideas that get picked up by these people in these vc funds but yeah like the only reason that they're able to get the attention of these vc funds is because of those names or because they have that clout of following because i follow a few people on this community that aren't from these prestigious schools but because they do have secondhand connections, like, oh, they know Peter Thiel personally or something, they don't need to be a part of that school of elite. And they just use their former companies or whatnot to get more clout in order to succeed in raising money or whatnot. And so, I don't know, I think there is a sense of slight pragmatism in what they're doing. But at the same time, I do agree with you that it should be the ideas that carry them over. But sadly, it's also just one of those community clout things, right? Where like you want to be the biggest fish in the pond. 
And so yeah. like by proving yourself against these other big fish, you can gauge, I guess, but who knows, man? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's another thing you, that you bring up is like the, the idea that if you have a big enough following on social media, that can sometimes be your ticket to places where otherwise you would need like a very, a degree from a very prestigious institution or maybe an internship at like a very prestigious company or something like that. I mean, do you think that, I know I've harped on social media for being, you know, very overall, very toxic and and detrimental to one's health. But do you think that social media, maybe like just let's just say VC Twitter in particular has influenced the way that aspiring entrepreneurs can like build their brand and business and actually like become someone? I think there's a really interesting perspective you get from being in this community. And it really demystifies the difficulties that it takes to actually start a business or a project or any entrepreneurial venture. So I do think there is a positive to this. Plus, they're actually very helpful to one another. Like I don't really see too many, at least at the low level, I don't see too many negative interactions between potential founders or people who want to break into investing or VC. I think a lot of the issues occur at the higher level where they're trying to outdo each other. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. The, the, the real race to the top, whereas like some of the more middling people maybe are more like trying to lift each other up. Yeah, absolutely. So the thing is though, culture starts from the top. And so anybody who <laughs> yeah. ends up kind of making their way up or starting to get a following or starting to see success, I have started to see a trend where their personalities on these platforms change drastically. Like, I don't think it's anything to do with maybe who they are as a person, but I think that's just the behavior that's encouraged due to the culture at the top. Like there's one handle I follow. I'm not going to mention who it is because obviously it's a smaller you know, a smaller community handle or a smaller just account in general. So I don't want to dox them in any way because I, I feel I'd feel really bad if any of our listeners kind of went at it. But I followed this account, I think, back in early 2020. And they had no more than maybe 500, 600 followers at the time. And they were trying to build their startup as well as start a community of founders. So the community of founders ended up doing really well because like I said at the bottom, when you are kind of lifting each other up, the popularity of that support just grows your community so fast. But now, what, nine, 10 months later, the community of founders, which is also another Twitter handle that I won't mention here, <laughs> grew to like 15k or 16k i don't know the numbers now i don't really look at the <laughs> the handle itself and the said founder has like an enormous following now it's like 40 or 50k followers starting you know from a very small amount and the same behaviors that i didn't see in the beginning are now just so prominent now that this person has that enormous following. 
it's like, oh, this is my advice to founders who want to take the leap. Or they'll ask like those super rhetorical questions that have like those, I don't really want an answer. I'm just saying this because it's only a problem that I, because I'm so successful, have. You know those? Yeah, I'm pretty sure you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's like, oh, I wasn't able to raise $20 million this round. It's like, yo, dude, you just got out of like series A funding, bro. Like that's, that is like so different than like the struggles that they had in the beginning when they're like, hey, reaching out to bounce ideas in this community. And it's like, huh? (laughs) What? What just happened? So I don't know. I think it's tough when you start to get a following and your following starts to dictate, like you start to curate your, your content to, I guess, appease or like uh, pander maybe to the audience that you've like exploded in the span of a couple months. And it's like, yeah, I would probably have some trouble handling all these new people scrutinizing every post that I make, you're probably going to start. If I were this person, yeah, it would be pretty tempting to start like making posts just for likes rather than making posts that are more true to yourself. It's just kind of surprising though. Cause like you think that your initial, like your original personality and like your, the struggles that you face when you're first starting out, that's kind of what gets you the following. Unless I'm wrong there. Maybe it's like if you blow up because you just happen to get like a series A, like you said, and it's like, okay, people are following you because of that, but they didn't follow you because of like where you came from. Maybe that's like where, where the difficulties come in where like, oh, this person's a, this person's a VC. Like they, they just got through series A, but it's like, yeah, but you don't know who this person is. You just, you, now you might try to like impose what you want to see onto this person and constantly berate them and like comment on all their posts and fucking just stalk them almost. I mean, it seems like a lot of people on Twitter, like you, you see the same names on people's posts. And so it kind of, it makes me wonder like how much the audience really dictates the content that comes out of these, these VCs. Yeah, there's another really funny thing that I forgot to mention about this community. And they have this tendency to like make these super long advice threads. I don't know if if you know what I mean. I don't think I've ever seen, I don't think I've seen any of those, but that sounds pretty, pretty fun. So basically they're just like, they'll like say like, oh, in 2016, I quit my job. Here's a thread. And then they'll like go all the way through like maybe 20 tweets because you know you can continue to concatenate i'm sorry whoa i shouldn't use that word they can continue to add more and more tweets as you go down the list and this person put like 20 additional tweets like and that's their thread quote unquote thread like watch this thread and it's really funny because it's like the same generic stuff over and over and over and over again. Like, I don't really think I found anything super original from these threads. It's just like, 
Make sure you have soft skills in order to prepare for any opportunities that come your way. And that's maybe in the middle or something. And in the beginning, they're like, things that might seem like they're bad are a blessing in disguise. And it's like, okay, kind of sounds like every other advice that's been given on this in this community. Or yeah, well, hustle. I mean, do you think that... Oh, grit. Yeah, you got to have that, dude, that word. Yeah, I mean, do you think that that's because there's not a whole, like, it doesn't seem like the formula is very hard to understand. It doesn't seem like there's, like, a a super advanced, like, flow chart of things that you need to follow to, like, make it in VC. It seems like a lot of it is just action. It's just, okay, you have an idea execution and just like putting in the effort putting in the hours and just getting shit done and if a lot of the if a lot of the people are parroting the same platitudes then maybe it's maybe there's some merit to those maybe it's yeah you but you have to fucking do it you can't just you can't just like hope that there's someone starts talking about the easy way to to do this it's like no this is a very fucking difficult industry to make it in but it's also like a, an extremely high rewarding industry but you need the reason that people get rewarded highly is either they get super lucky or they work their fucking tail off or both but it seems like the recipe to success is just you just got to fucking do it what do you think though i mean you've dabbled with vc and entrepreneurship i mean do you think there's any merit to what these people are saying and you just like have to actually go and get your hands dirty to make it happen i mean i think the answer is the same is like Obviously, the prerequisite is either money or hard work. But at the end of the day, the thing that takes you over is always luck, timing, or opportunity. There's just no, there's no other substitute for those things. Like you can work your ass off even harder. It doesn't matter. But if you never get an opportunity in your life or you never get that lucky shot or you're not timing yourself correctly in an industry that needs you then you're never going to get that shot never ever never ever right so that's really the crux of it and i think they really like to avoid talking about that because it's kind of a jinx in my opinion oh yeah because <laughs> they, they they want to believe that their idea is like destiny or <laughs> that they're the ones meant to change the world and succeed. But, you know, I think nine out of times out of 10 just doesn't happen. It's just never, it's never really accurate to make those assumptions. And at this point, we're getting thousands of these, like not just, probably not just thousands, tens of thousands of these types of pitches, companies, Y Combinator is churning out these founders and their projects every quarter <laughs> like you know like if that's the case then you're not special why is your idea going to be the one that takes it over right and i think these individuals in this community know that and that's why they also use it to help validate what they're doing is right or i might be just reading into it too much <laughs> do you think that because I think starting in the maybe 
early 2000s and kind of ramping up to maybe around 2016, 2017 tech and this idea of like learning a program, learning to, you know, learning computer science and getting that big tech internship. That was kind of like the big, like new thing. That was like the cutting edge. It's like, yeah, computer science and all this stuff, things are being innovated so quickly. This is the industry you need to be in. And it kind of seems like recently, I've just been thinking a little bit about this. It kind of seems to me like entrepreneurship and VC has kind of emerged as that new industry that people are getting really excited about, that people were getting excited about like tech back in 2010, where it's like, wow, this is like kind of crazy. This like you can you can code this. And I think back in 2010, you don't really see many like element definitely not elementary schools, even high schools teaching computer science. Mine sure hell wasn't. Ours sure hell was was not. And nowadays you see these like programs and, and courses up to like fourth, fifth, sixth grade where they're teaching programming. So it seems like it's pretty mainstream now. And now the new thing is like building your own business, understanding how to like raise your own capital and kind of become the next you know, big startup founder. Do you feel like that's, it's kind of taken over as that new emerging industry or maybe is just like more visible now because of all the social media? I think it's a combo of both of those things. I think the visibility has increased and before a lot of these investments and involvement in these companies were kind of low key. Like we didn't have like a what's it called a uh, crunch base to kind of track who's mm. investing in these companies. We didn't have prominent figures in big tech that people could look up to. So I would say that it is a combo of both. And that I think though, at the same time, there's just like my friend who used to be a banker would always say, we're in a period of insane dry powder. So what is dry powder? Dry powder is money. They call it dry powder because it's not liquid. <laughs> <laughs> so that's really the issue. There's just so much money being put into assets and they're looking to put into more assets that all these ideas and all these things are just being funded left and right. So of course, you're going to get a huge wave of this because to them, it's a stats game. For VCs, angel investors, and even larger private equity firms, if even one out of their portfolio of 100 companies becomes a billion-dollar company, they make a crap ton of money, an insane amount of money. Like they could put $100 million, right? They could put $1 million in each of their portfolio companies but they make a billion dollars out of one of them. It's like a hundred times the return. <laughs> so oh, yeah, dude, I'm just saying, man, there is a lot of hype in combination with it. But I think at the same time, it also makes a lot of sense from a perspective of liquidity and asset investments. So which we just didn't have back in, you know, early 2000s and, or, you know, late 2000s, I guess, early 2010, sorry. 
So yeah. <laughs> Do you feel like this market will get like oversaturated kind of how tech has? Yeah, I think so. I think there's too many ideas now. And a lot of people don't really want to be doing the hard parts of this work. What do I mean by that? I don't mean they're lazy. I just mean that you can come up with an idea in your head and it can sound really nice. You can pitch it really well to investors. But if there's no one to buy it or if there's no need to improve this industry, then don't do it. There's not always a need to solve problems with technology. There's other things like better methodologies, frameworks, even using old tech, right? There's a lot of different ways to solve problems, but I think we've oversaturated this idea that coming up with these techno you know, technologist type problem solving is going to be the way to do everything. And we forget that a lot of tech companies operate off of old innovative frameworks. Like for example, lean management, they don't need this crazy creative tech solution to become more efficient. They just needed a better framework and a better way of operating to make themselves better and to create businesses that were easier to adapt to change. You don't need a Facebook or a, a Google analytics tool to figure that out. It was just a framework. It was to train people, right? So that's, I think, really where we need to pivot from our current status. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I don't know, because, I mean, you see a lot of reinventing the wheel in tech. I mean, I can talk about it at Google where you have one team and one like little sub-organization in Google will make a tool to accomplish something. And then another team will just like have no clue that it exists and just spend a quarter, two quarters up to, I mean, however long developing the same exact tool. And I'm just wondering if like this industry, the startup VC industry will get to the point where it's like, are we just kind of spinning our wheels here? Like, are we just making, are we making companies and startups to innovate or are we making startups to get rich? I mean, do you think it'll ever get to that point where it's just like, it's almost cynical in the way that people think about like the startup industry. <laughs> that's, that's an excellent question. I'm actually curious what our guest would say about that question. Like, is it the, is the money the driver or is it the need to innovate? Right. We'll save that. We'll save that question for when he hops on. But before, I know that it's your time already, Hondro. So I don't want to, to keep you. So before you leave, I'm going to ask you, what is your arbitrary rating for <laughs> this internet community? Oh man, there's last episode we talked about van life and I, I wasn't a big fan of van life just because the, the whole portrayal of it wasn't, yeah, the wasn't optics. very accurate. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't great. I think VC Twitter, it has that, at least it has that component of entertainment where it's like <laughs> some of tweets are so ridiculous that you can't help but just like crack a smile. It's like, how does someone write this in good faith and like think that this is something that people say 
and, and like is acceptable. So there's that aspect that I really enjoy. So I'm going to give that like that aspect probably like a like an eight or a nine. Like it's pretty damn entertaining for sure. I think in general, this whole LinkedIn esque ecosystem where people are basically just patting themselves on the back, trying to find very creative ways to elevate their credibility or status or prestige. I think me being a very cynical old boomer um, mindset, I, I just, I don't know. I greatly question people's true intentions when they make this post, when they make their posts, even when it seems like very heartfelt, like came from nothing here I am. And it's like, okay. I mean, that's, you know, that's inspirational, but at the same time, I feel like a lot of people are taking that they're taking the wrong message from those types of posts where it's like, oh damn, this person, this person got to the top. And it's like, no, no, no. Look at the like, where, oh, sorry. I think I bumped into my mic there, but it's like, no, look what they came from. Look all the, all the struggles, look at all the mistakes they made. And it's like, that's the real value you get out of those posts is seeing like we are humans. Even those of us who like achieve great success are going to fuck up a lot along the way. I feel like that's greatly missing in a lot of, the the posts that VCs make where it's like, no, we're just going to focus on the end result. We're not going to focus on the process. And I think that's not great. So that part I'm going to give like probably a, like a four or a five. So I think it evens out to like maybe a six and a half. I'm going to give it a six and a half. Damn. All right. Decent score. Decent score. Yeah. I will also give my rating right now, just so that we have a, a agreement, an agreement on, on kind of our score for this. I would give this community a solid four out of 10. Oh, <laughs> shit. Okay, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Uh, and I think it's because of the romanticization that I saw similar to van life. I'm seeing the mm-hmm. same type of romanticization of this lifestyle. It's all about the grind. Oh, if you just work hard enough, you'll succeed. hey dm me and i'll give you money hey i need someone to bounce ideas off of me wow had this great conversation with peter Thiel, elon musk whatever you you know (laughs) any any name drop you want to make and i think there's a hint of eventual toxicity that happens and occurs once you stay in this community for too long and it morphs you a little bit. But like I said in earlier, I think that there's a really, really solid ground up support that should be applauded and should be supported. But just from the top down and the people who start to make their rise to similar capital gains that the top brass of this community earn, that's kind of where things get very muddy as well as where I start to lose interest in the things that these individuals are doing. So yes, I give it a solid four out of 10 uh, because majority of the points are for the ground up, but a lot of the detractors are from what these people become once they become successful. Doesn't, doesn't mean it's everybody, right? But if we're looking at the broad sense of this community, that's just the unfortunate trend that I'm seeing, even with the best and the brightest of them. And that's just really a sad feeling. (laughs) Interesting perspective. Yeah. So 
I will ask Chris for his rating when he hops on, but I know you have to go. So it's always great having you on here, Hondro. Thank you for your perspective. And yeah, any final things before I take a quick break in order to get Chris on here? Yeah, it was a pleasure, man. I think my last, I think the last thing I'm going to say, and I, I think I might have to say this at like the end of every single episode is that like, I always shit on social media and I'm always super, super hard on it and very cynical about like why people are doing this shit in the first place. But I think at the end of the day, you know, we're all human. I've made, I've made my fair share of posts like that where it's like, oh man, like it's kind of crazy to think that like back four years ago, I was just starting college and now it's like, man, so glad for this opportunity to be working as a in bold software engineer at Google. So excited for this opportunity and to see what the future holds. And it's like, okay, yeah, I'm posting that because I'm a little bit up my ass and you know, I do it too. So at the end of the day, we're all human. We all do that type of shit. We're all trying to signal. We're all trying to hustle. I get it, but it doesn't mean I'm going to fucking not complain about it. Cause I, I also think it's fucking bullshit. So yeah, that's, that's all I got. Great final thoughts, Andre. I, I can't agree with you for sure. There is a type of marketing, I believe, that is necessary to showcase the things you do. Because if you don't tell anyone, then no one knows, right? But there is that balance. And I think VC Twitter has really shown us that the balance can be tipped a little too far. <laughs> oh, indeed. Well, anyways, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to have Chris here hopefully, and a good friend of ours, his name is Mooted, who is a very common user, actually, and participant of this community. So stay tuned after this break. Welcome back from the break to the Weird Internet Podcast. We finally have our co-host, Chris. Hello, hello. Hello, Chris. Welcome back. I heard you were in some escapades, uh, so you got yeah, here a late. Yeah, yeah. Yep. You know, I was busy trying to secure our guest for this episode. Unfortunately, our guest um, was backed out, oh. and for the funniest reason. Yes, the funniest reason, actually. And so our, our guest is a part of the VC tech Twitter sphere, quite involved in it from, you know, when you look at his uh, Twitter activity, but, you know... I think realize that we're taking a very critical lens, if you will, at this space. And, you know, this kind of impedes on his personal brand, if you will. And yeah, so we, we don't have him as a guest. So unfortunately, listeners, you'll have to deal with me instead. But I think, well, I think we'll make do. Right, Jarrell? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You actually bring up a really interesting concept of personal brand I, that's something alejandro and myself didn't cover in right before the break oh yeah i mean you know at the end of the day i think you know vc twitter tech twitter all, all this honestly all this like linkedin on twitter type stuff it's all just one big circle jerk of people trying to curate their personal brand through you know pretty meaningless conversation like people just be like oh, I'm looking for productivity hacks. And then a bunch of people will chime in. And But at the end of the day, no one's really trying to have a conversation about it. It's more just like, hey, like I'm out here talking about productivity publicly. 
and that's part of my personal brand. So honestly, I, I, I'd go as far as to say that personal brand is why this should exist. You know, like people aren't doing this for just the funsies. Like they're doing it to promote a personal brand in the hopes that it will create connections and to, to these people's credit. I mean, you know, it's not like this is totally a futile like thing. People definitely benefit from curating a personal brand, but it's just super funny to see people do this because you know, you know, people aren't like that in real life at all. And if they are, then that's definitely an issue in itself. Yeah, no, it's funny you bring the whole concept of persona, like your persona on VC slash tech Twitter and real life being two different things. We bruf- we briefly brushed over it because we were talking about how a lot of these VC guys or just VC people in general, right? Yep. They're obsessed with flexing and showing their clout. And oh, in a, yeah. And in a sense, you're kind of right. It is a personal brand. But for these bigger tech yeah. companies and bigger VCs, it is their way of almost marketing too. It is a marketing strategy. It definitely is. And that's why I don't want to rip on VC Twitter too hard because compared to you know, some other professions like, um, like say, I don't know, like private equity or something, like VC is really just driven by your fund's deal flow or your fund's ability to get you know, interesting startups that are actually interested in you specifically funding them. And how does that happen? That really happens through just connections more than anything, you know, especially VC because you're the size of the checks being written to these companies are much smaller. There's a lot more people that could, you know, if I was a company, I could get $5 million from really just anyone. And if I have a good company then I can be picky about who I want, you know, to have fun my company. And when it comes down to it, how do I choose who do I want, you know, backing my company, giving me advice and stuff like that. It really just comes down to, well, who seems to be, you know, notable in the space and could, has the connections to help build a company. So I, I totally see why people do this shit. It's just hilarious to see people push it to the extreme. And the other thing is, yes, if you work at some big fund where like this shit actually matters, yeah, cool. Like, go ahead, you know, curate your personal brand. But at the same time, you have a lot of wannabe VC Twitter type people who like really don't have much on the line at all, but are taking this very seriously. It, it seems a little tryhardy to me, but, you know, each their own, right? It, it, maybe they're benefiting from it. Who knows? Yeah, no, that's a good point. I think what was interesting is something I brought up to Hondro, just because I, I have to confess, I am a little bit a part of this community, not in the same sense that I'm bragging about any accomplishments or let's say ventures that I'm working on. But the benefits or the positives that I've seen have always been like the bottom up approach. Like it's a very nice community of founders. Yes, that's really what they all call themselves now. Founders or potential founders. (laughs) (laughs) More so the latter potentially. Yeah, but there there are these communities of potential founders that really have created a tight-knit support group and makes it, I think, easier to navigate the space and share resources. But 
as you kind of gain more success, gain more followers, and I guess another good way to put it is build your personal brand slash gain your clout. I have seen people kind of go to the extreme and they start trying to give people the same advice that these VCs are giving. <laughs> I, I, I agree. And that's where I think that, yes, at its core, you know, the intention of all this is not bad necessarily. It's really just people trying to like foster a community of founders and whatnot. But you get to a point where it's, people just seem so obviously just out of touch with what normal people are like, you know, and it's pretty incredible to, to, to see because, you know, you have all these people out here acting like, you know, like what their like startup is doing or whatever advice they have for productivity or whatever is like doing God's work, you know, and not that these ideas are necessarily bad, but you can tell some of these people have huge complexes around how much value they think they're adding to the world. And, you know, I, I think what, what it boils down to at the end of the day, it's like a self-awareness thing. Like, you know, like some of these people, you can tell they're way in over their heads. Like they think they're, they're just providing so much value. But, you know, at the end of the day, you see some of the shit that these people write. And it's just like very lukewarm takes on like very lukewarm topics that really don't matter at all. <laughs> really but you know these lukewarm takes they get you know nice lukewarm responses and in fact many of them i mean you know i you know our, our anonymous would-be guests i've definitely seen the type of engagement he gets on his posts and you know there there are a lot of people who try really really hard to come up with like lukewarm replies to like all sorts of shit and it honestly at, at a certain point it seems like people are just talking just to talk but, you know, the, the awareness around the fact that they're talking just to talk kind of it, it's gone and people act like this is the most important thing that like everyone is talking about when in reality, it's like it, it's kind of pointless, I think. I don't know how you think about it, Jarrell, but that, that's my opinion. No, that's a great that's a great point of view. I think I personally don't engage in that sphere often enough to really get a good sense of why. And I think because of our, yeah, and because of, you know, you're in close proximity with our unnamed guest, And I know for sure that I'm sure actually that you've made fun of them for the things that they've done. And they do have a sense <laughs> of what, <laughs> of what they're doing. Right. Yeah. So, you know, from what our unnamed guest says, he knows that this is all bullshit too. But there's actual tangible benefits to doing this shit in terms of just having your name just be out there in the Twitterverse, so to speak. And I, I guess if you're really engaged in this space, then yeah, like your personal brand does matter. And so I think that if you're doing it with like, and you're self-aware about how fucking pointless it is, then by all means, do it. You know, like it's if, a tool. It's making a, tool. a couple tweets. Exactly, it's a tool. Making a couple tweets here, a couple tweets there. You know, gets you some clout that ultimately leads to something else. But yeah, like do it. But I think that 
there's there seems to be a decent amount of people who are just fully bought into it and the, there's just a lack of self-awareness about the the lack of actual content in these tweets that like you know that when i look at that i, I think it's just ridiculous but hey, that, I, I, know. I know chris that you're a frequent tweeter right i mean i i see you pop on every so often since we follow each I, other I, I, I lurk and I shit post. See, the thing is for me, like my online presence really doesn't matter. You know, my, my line of work doesn't require me to add people on Twitter. And in fact, like actually I see people do it, but you know, where I am doesn't really matter. And so, yeah, I, I just shit post on Twitter. Like if you go down, you know, my Twitter time, like what the things I say and do, like re- they really don't matter. But the thing is, I don't pretend like these things matter at all. Like I know I'm shit posting and I make it very clear that I'm shit posting and I'm just out here having a good time. You know, it's interesting that right next to each other, right? I mean, we're sort of the residents of a similar platform and Mm -hmm. I mean, sorry, not similar platform, the same platform and something like VC Twitter and tech Twitter just coexists in it. And like, we just it, let it it's be so funny. <laughs> it, it's so funny. And that's why I think the whole bashing on BC slash tech Twitter, you know, really became like a, a thing, right? Like it spawned memes. In fact, Jarrell, do you, do you know about that? That guy that had the, uh, he, he, I'm forgetting his name, but he basically on his LinkedIn, he was like, Oh, I'm like a 10 time intern. And, he had his whole like he made a website that ranked like the prestige of like different internships. Do, do you do you remember this at all? Do, no, do you, dude, this is me? this is news. Okay. To me. Are you freaking serious? Oh, okay, yeah, no, this is part of tech Twitter. This isn't VC Twitter, but yeah, no, this dude, fucking he, he, you could tell this dude was just full of himself. You know, he, you know, to his credit, he had interned at a number of, you know, pretty prestigious internships but if you go if you went down as like linkedin the way he would frame everything was he, he would say something like oh i was a software engineering intern on this team representing a 0.3 percent acceptance rate out of however many applicants like you could tell this dude was just hammered by like the prestige of all these different tech interests and i'm not even kidding man and he made a, a website or, or a centralized oh, no. resource no, no. A, a spreadsheet really a, a straight up spreadsheet where he would rank different tech internships by their prestige. Like, and, and, and that was up for a while. People started catching on and that's when, oh my God, it, it, it was so funny. On Twitter, people were bashing the hell out of this guy for like, you know, being such like, you know, like, pushing, oh, like prestige this, prestige that. And people were talking about how, oh, like this is really stupid. And then you know you know what this guy did? You know what this guy did? He he what, took what? that feedback and what did he do? He kept the same exact tool, but he added another column for you know different things like oh like diversity initiatives. You could tell like it definitely didn't change his mind about like anything, but the outside pressure just made him like add a little feature that like showed different things that he you know assumed would be like, yeah, it, it was just ridiculous. And I think that that's kind of the intersection you start to see when, you know, tech Twitter, VC Twitter leaks out and, you know, normal ass, like 
regular people see that shit and they're like this is fucking ridiculous and it was just so funny to see i you, you know once this episode is over you got to check this out man like it's wild yeah no i definitely will this is so new to me i do have two two things two things i do want to bring up now that you say those things yes one is just curious from your point of view because i know unnamed guest is a good friend of yours yes how and when did he start getting involved in vc tech twitter i'm just very curious what that timeline looks like yeah i i, I think that really at, at its core it starts whenever you know a, a young budding entrepreneur if you will or just any honestly any yuppie really oh the yuppie <laughs> um, again from last episode <laughs> Exactly. When they start to realize that they might want to do something that you know, doesn't involve, you know, just kind of flogging away at a company and more power to them. Right. But once they start realizing that they need this kind of like online clout to develop that, like to develop a following, essentially, I think that's when, you know, you start. I, that's just saying in, in general. Right. And I, for our uh, unnamed guest, I would say the same. I think you know, sometime in college, he was involved in that you know, like entrepreneurship space. And then, I mean, if you're in that space and, you know, you look up to certain people around you that you work with and you look at their Twitters, yeah, that's the shit you see. So what do you do? You probably try to emulate that. I, I, I don't blame him for that. It, it's totally reasonable. But it's just funny. <laughs> you know, it, it makes me think about how in other fields, right? Yeah. Whether it be sports, art, even in academia, there are ways to showcase your clout without having to post it on Twitter. Like you get on the news, the yeah, president I, I, or the school agree. makes an announcement about you. I, I agree. I think that there's just something about VC and techies where so much of the online interactions that happen are just posturing. You know, it's so much of it is posturing and so little of it is actual content. Oh my and Lord. I, you know, I'm on different edges of like the Twitterverse too. You know, you, I, there's a whole like ecology and like biology type people, like researchers, you see their Twitters, and they engage with each other all the time, but it's like actually generally speaking, like genuine conversations about, Oh, like I'm doing this research or like, Oh, this is the life of a graduate student. And this is why it sucks. You know, like, relatable content and stuff like that, where, you know, I, I, I see more things that like there, it, it seems less virtue signally and less of a personal brand as much as it is like an actual community. And I, I think just something about VC slash tech Twitter just brings out that like, posturing and like the, the whole like, personal brand aspect of it so much. Gosh, it's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> So my second question is mm -hmm. related to kind of the whole tech guy who posted yep. about his 10 internships. Yep. If it could get even more fake, I don't know if you saw, it was also circulating on Twitter, this, I guess, college student posted mm -hmm. on his LinkedIn that he was an applicant of a prestigious internship. Instead of, oh my I don't gosh. know if you saw that. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I see that. I see that. 
so he, he didn't even do the internship itself, but he just he put on his resume that he went through the process of the yep. interviews and stuff. <laughs> I've definitely seen that, and I've seen it sadly multiple times. I think I, I think what you get is this. You know, if you're a student at like a kind of a tryhardy school and you, you got to flex on LinkedIn, you know, you kind of have to. And I'm not saying that I haven't had to do that. I try not to, but like in a way, not even flexing. You just have to like present yourself in the way you would want to be presented in front of like a potential, you know, like a recruiting person, right? I think that some people really take that far and you know, as like a sophomore in college, like what have you fucking done? You know, like, I mean, yeah, of course there are people out there that have achieved great things at a young age, but a lot of these people are just college students, but you know, they feel like they need to prove themselves. And the best way for them to do that is to write down every single small thing that they have ever accomplished, including being part of the recruiting process for a certain company. And I get it. Like, I, 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 no, see, you look at it from their perspective. Like, if you look at it from their perspective for a bit, you know, some of these, some of these internships or like careers, like they're even getting the interview is hard. Like getting an, an interview at Google or something, even just getting the interview is hard. And I can see why someone would take that and be like, oh, wow, like I got an interview that's so prestigious and like to a degree, you know, they're not wrong. Like, yes, it does require a certain level of skill and accomplishment to get that interview, but that doesn't really fucking mean anything. You know, like if you didn't get the job, you didn't get the job. In fact, even if you did get the job, if you haven't worked the job, you're pretty useless. And so I think, I think that, yeah, that that's where, yeah, at the end of the day, it's people who are feel the need to flex accomplishments and they don't have many. And so they'll, they're grabbing at straws. You know, I, I think that's what's happening there. So it sounds like to me that VC and tech Twitter is just the result of a toxic tech culture we've cultivated and has just bloomed over the past yeah, decade. It- yeah, it's the same. It's it's like a different symptom of the same underlying issue, I guess. I guess it's like a culture issue, if you will. Like, yeah, no, I don't. I totally agree. Those two things go hand in hand. And in fact, some some of those people might graduate onto. You know what I mean? It's like some of those people that are making those kind of LinkedIn posts. They're probably graduating to tech Twitter. You know what I mean? Oh, no. So these might even be the same group of people. Yeah, that's a good point. I think though that LinkedIn has an older audience. Not every boomer is it, on Twitter, but every boomer is on LinkedIn. I, I agree, and you know, may, maybe this is a different, a whole other episode in itself. But man, some of the LinkedIn posts you see out there, they get pretty cringy too. <laughs> yeah, I think we definitely should cover an episode on the LinkedIn community. Oh yeah. Yeah, no to ourselves. We'll find some of the spiciest, most useless LinkedIn posts out there, and oh. and we'll, can, we can just discuss them. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, <laughs> since we've gotten to this point in our discussion, great insights, Chris. Thank you so much for providing the missing VC tech Twitter point of view. 
that Alejandro and I did not have. <laughs> we do not live in <laughs> proximity to an active engager of this community. <laughs> so I would like to ask, what do you rate this community? Okay. See, I, I'm a little torn on this. And so let me explain why. <laughs> I'm torn on this because I can't fault these people for doing what they do. Like, if you put me in that situation where my personal brand would actually kind of matter, you know, and all it takes is a couple of mindless tweets, you know, get some clout. I, yeah, shit, I'd probably do it too. But that being said, that is not an excuse to be completely unaware or like just not just lack of self-awareness to think that any of this means anything. I think that if you're like that type of person, then yeah, like I totally fault you. And as a community, I think it's pretty fucking stupid because like nothing happens and, and that's fine. Like all these meme accounts, it's just like nothing's happening there either, but no one's pretending like it means anything. And so that's why I'm a little torn. This is just my way of buying time to come up with a number, but um, using my totally quantitative rating method, uh, objective that I've developed over the course of forever, I would rank this and I don't know, I can only give it a six. I, the thing is van life, like, you know, last week, that was actually like cool. You know, like people were doing things. This not really that cool, man. I, I gotta say, like, I, even if I was involved in this space, I would like kind of separate it out. If you know what I mean? Like I would probably have a separate Twitter account just for my like chili, like VC stuff. And then like a personal one. And I would never let anyone I know personally ever look at my VC Twitter because I, I don't, you just seem just re oh, I don't even know, man. It's, it's just, it's just so obviously fake that I, I would just worry about what like my actual people that I know and actually care about would think about me when they read that. And so, yeah, I, I'd give it, I, I'd give it a six. Great. Great. So, Alejandro gave this community a solid six and a half, I believe. And oh, wow. Six and a half. Oh. Yeah. Well, he came from the point of view of there are benefits to it, kind of similar to your point. I agree. But also at the same time, he doesn't really have that much information to operate with a completely solid like opinion and so yeah to balance it out i gave this community a solid four. <laughs> oh, okay i you know i see that perspective too what, what, what's your what's your rationale i think that there is a certain number of individuals who get tricked into thinking this community is something useful <laughs> and it, it flocks in a lot of people with a lot of clout. But it's a farce at the end of the day. Like, unless you already have capital or if you're, unless you're operating on something that is tangible, there are only two ways that VC slash tech Twitter goes. One, 
you're always going to be a cloud chaser or mm -hmm. two people give you the cloud willingly and so okay. if you're if you don't have a solid product or if you don't have money and it's always going to be a chase you're always going to be pretending or thinking or faking it and so i gave it a four because i think it's pretty it's pretty dumb <laughs> it's pretty weird <laughs> and at the end of the day it's just a self-validation thing so with that we shall average these scores i hope that i got the right number for hondro you you do, you do the math i i can't i can't numbers You know what's hilarious about this? It has hit the same exact score as hashtag van life with a 5.5 rating. Yes, indeed, sir. All right. Well, um, shoot. Well, we got to hope next week we'll we got some <laughs> fresh opinions. We got some fresh scores out here because right now we're just at 5.5, I think is like, you know, we're rating both of these communities is just painfully mediocre. But I mean, from a qualitative standpoint, I would say that van life is much, much cooler than VC Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I, I do agree with that. I think the main crux of our rating is how weird is this community? And a solid 5.5 just means that it's average, like from the outside looking in and from the inside looking out. It's not actually that weird. It plays into the... the Exactly, exactly. Of the different things that go on in the internet that we'll explore in future episodes, this is pretty tame. In fact, VC Twitter is one of the most vanilla things you could possibly think of. Like these are probably the most like unweird people out there. Because you think about it, these people are purposely trying to like curate an online persona to show that they're like normal, productive members of society. It's not going to be weird. You know, it's not going to be quirky. And so, Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. So we'll dive more into the weird communities in the future for sure. Great. With that, any final thoughts, Chris, as we end this episode? Any final thoughts? Maybe not a thought, but if there are any listeners out there who participate in VC Twitter, I would like to say, you know, if, if, if this hurt your feelings, I'm sorry. I don't mean it. I think that, you know, we all... We all do what we got to do, please, man. Like if you're going to share something, like make, make it something useful or if, if it's not useful, I don't even care if it's useful. Let's make it funny. You know, I, I see funny posts sometimes. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes there are funny VC Twitter posts and, and you can be funny without being completely out of touch or shilly, you know, so maybe balance it out a little bit, you know, make a little joke post here and there, and then you can make your shilly post about your startup. That's fine. You know, but that balance it out is my, is all I got to say. Great. Thanks, Chris. And I would also like to agree with that. Keep it balanced. Don't take life too seriously. Work is already serious. Exactly. Why do you got to bring it on to Twitter? <laughs> exactly. Great. And that concludes the second episode of the Weird Internet Podcast. We covered VC and tech Twitter today with my co-hosts, Alejandro and Chris. It seems like our topics so far are a little bit on the average. 
end of the internet communities, as Chris might agree with me. But Definitely. we were going to try and explore some of the weirder ones as the ongoing weeks continue. So please join us as we start to go to the more odd and we might even say degenerate places on the internet. <laughs> I'm excited. All right. And with that, take care and we'll see you next time.